0: Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn. And today, more than ever before, companies, brands, and their partners need to stand for something beyond the bottom line. I've created this program to provide insights and ideas to share with you so that you can apply them to your work the very next day. The goal here is to uplevel your purpose and to benefit companies and society. So please join us. so excited about my conversation with Megan Wheeler today who leads google.org's incredible giving back efforts at the company because she's going to share amazing insights to not only what they did but how do you embed volunteerism and giving back deeply into a culture a culture of young people technologists all around the world that you would say ah they're really not into giving and really caring that's not the truth at Google. The kind of insights that Megan is going to share. If you're a global company, you must localize opportunities. Two, leadership buy-in. Don't just have their name in a press release. They need to role model behaviors from actually volunteering shoulder to shoulder with all sorts of different levels of colleagues to matching donations and making sure people know of your commitments. The third insight is being proactive in terms of giving back, but then add the power of and. And you know, we talk a lot about the power of and in our podcast. It's not either or, it's and. And the power of being agile to react to crises quickly. And Google does all that. You're going to learn about that in our conversation. There's a lot in this episode so join me and let's hear about our conversation about the goodness with Inside Google. So I always like to start out with you, Megan. So tell us a bit about your journey to Google. How did you get there? How long have you been there?
1: Great. Well, first, I just want to say thank you, Carol. It is so nice to be here. And I'm really excited to tell you a little bit about me and about the programs that we run at google.org and all of the different ways that we engage Googlers in our program. Uh, I'd say for for my journey in particular, uh, although I didn't know it at the time, the beginning of my journey to Google probably started in college. Uh, So I was a kinesiology major. And had plans to enter the world of sports marketing and PR after college. Uh, But that all changed uh, when I took a social justice course at the end of my sophomore year. The course was rooted in economics and just and frankly unjust labor practices and ignited a strong desire to continue learning more about these social issues. And giving had always been sort of a a core part of my life growing up but something really shifted in me after I took that course and I realized I could dedicate more of my time and and focus around core social issues that really mattered so I continued taking a few more social justice courses and came to the conclusion that even though I love sports I wanted to find a job with a more meaningful purpose something that impacted people and communities who needed it most how did you
0: get to google
1: I started a a little nonprofit on the side with a friend of mine uh, selling fair trade products from developing countries and got a job right out of college with a nonprofit legal organization coordinating their volunteer programs and their volunteer clinics. Um, I loved loved the work that I was doing, found so much purpose in my day to day and wasn't at all expecting it when uh, a recruiter from Google reached out to me with a temporary position. To join Google as a recruiting coordinator uh, so I was still pretty early in my career and was very intrigued by this one year opportunity. I thought you know this seems like a once in a lifetime opportunity to work for a company like Google you know I can work there for a year, diversify my resume a little bit and then come back to the nonprofit sector with a deeper set of you know skills and knowledge that I could apply to that work uh, Fast forward to 10 years later. And <laughs> okay, great. What I thought would just be a, a one-year sidestep has really turned into so much more. Um, and you know, while I did not start out on the Google.org team right away, one of my earliest sentiments about the company was how Google offered so many opportunities for employees to get involved with passion projects outside of their core role. Uh, so I knew pretty early on that, Being a recruiting coordinator wasn't the job for me, but realized that Google had so many ways that I could contribute to the community and really set my sights on getting involved with more and more of those opportunities. Um, And so within a year, actually, of joining the company, I I was working in what we call a 20% capacity, volunteering my time with the team that ran our annual Google Serve campaign. Um, And in 2016, I officially joined Google.org to lead our global giving and volunteering campaigns.
0: So again, this is a really important coaching point for our listeners who may be in the middle of their careers. They may not be just starting out. And that you found a great organization that supported its employees. It allowed you to keep your eyes on the prize in terms of your personal passion. And you work the system in a really good way.
1: I even work with a handful of the organizations that I worked with at the legal nonprofit. And, and so I really feel like I've, I've come full circle in so many ways. You know, I I find purpose not only in the work that's giving back to the community, but also uh, in the opportunities to, to help Googlers find their philanthropic purpose. So yeah, I think there's, there are always those sorts of opportunities when you really look for it, but I feel really fortunate to be at a place like Google that really sort of encourages that sentiment in its employees.
0: What are, you know, two or three, insights that you can say, you know, you're meeting a colleague at a conference or such, but now you're meeting them over the podcast. What can you share with them to help them advance the work they're doing with their colleagues?
1: Really localizing opportunities, especially important for global companies, right? So if you're trying to engage Googlers or employees, I should say, <laughs> um, around the world, being able to to localize it and and scale those programs in a way that really resonates with a local market, I think is is truly important. And I'd say one of the most important elements to incorporate in your giving and volunteering programs. I think the other thing is leadership buy-in. You know, we talked about this a little bit, too, but... You know, having the support, being able to send company-wide communications, um, and and having your leaders say, "Hey, I'm I'm going to go out and volunteer, and I invite all of you to come with me," or "I'm personally matching donations to this campaign, and I hope you'll join me." That really goes a long way, and and I think is I think one of the most inspiring parts about our programs is that we really have the support across the company from from our leaders. And I'd say probably the third and, and final piece, um, there's a little bit more practical maybe, is just being willing and ready to react <laughs> to situations that are going on. And, you know, I think a lot of our, a lot of the campaigns that I talked about are, you know, proactive. We spend months and months planning and, and launching our global moments, but a lot of the other campaigns that I that I shared were very reactive and and very like oh my gosh we're in a crisis and there's a community that needs our help and we need to really move fast and and respond and engage our Googlers in a way that we can bring them alongside the work that we're doing and so I would say being flexible and and willing to react to. All of the various things that, that come our way is, is another really important part of, of these programs.
0: Three terrific insights. So now how does Google.org mobilize Googlers, love to say that Googlers, <laughs> to apply their time, their talents and their passions to causes important to them personally, to the company and to society? So how does it work?
1: Google.org was founded in 2005 and is Google's philanthropic and charitable arm. Uh, So we were established when when Google went public with a commitment of 1% of its equity uh, and an ongoing commitment of of 1% of its net profit for charity. And Google are giving and volunteering is a huge part of of our approach. So each year, Google volunteers spend more than 200,000 hours with nonprofits, bringing their passion, their engineering expertise um, to, again, really accelerate the, the progress that these organizations are having. Um, and in addition to, to short-term volunteer engagements, the Google.org Fellowship is a pro bono program that we offer that actually matches Googlers with our Google.org grantees for up to six months of full-time technical projects. So Googlers are, are basically taking you know, six months to dedicate their full time to helping these organizations you know, solve really challenging problems and, and really work as a team with these orgs that we're funding to ensure that that the work has a sustained and lasting impact.
0: So these six-month kind of sabbaticals must be in really high demand. And so first of all, what's the criteria that your colleagues have to be able to say, you know, raise their hand, hey, you know, I'd love to be considered for this. So how long do they have to be there? What positions? How do they pick?
1: Not every fellowship looks and works the same, right? So it kind of is it on a case-by-case basis, um, and really we're following sort of the lead of the organizations that we're working with, our grantees, to really say, who do you need? What type of issue and problem are you trying to solve? And then from there, we have a, a really robust database of Googlers who have expressed an interest and said, you know, I would be interested in in lending this specific skill set, or I have an expertise in, in this area and can, help out at some at some point in, in my career and so using that, that data database we then recruit for the specific Googler volunteers to find exactly the right type of person um, that the organization needs and then of course that person needs to be at the right time in their career to be able to um, make that pivot work with their manager to figure out you know what makes the most sense. I'd say it's more of an art than a science, let's say, but it, it we think it really is uh, the most unique value that we can add to the funding that that we're giving to these organizations to say, you know, we're we're giving you a Googler who really has a deep expertise in this area and can help you do so much more with that funding.
0: OK, so you've got six months that you get to go. How many uh, fellowships do you have on an you know, annual basis?
1: On an annual basis, we have anywhere from 50 to 100 Googlers that are um, engaging in these types of fellowships. Some of them are six months, some of them are a little bit shorter, some are longer, again, depending on what the organization needs. But we typically see around 50 to 100 or so employees uh, participating in those programs at any time.
0: Are these overseas? I mean, are they in their hometown or do they travel? And then you just, how do you support them? Are are they getting full salary? They getting, you know, their air, their whatever, they're, you know, hostile or they might be living in a hut?
1: Typically, you know, we would match part of, of the criteria, if you will, that we would use would be to match local Googlers to their local, you know, grantee that's looking for the support. And so Google is a global company. We have grantees all over the world. Um, you know, if, if we're working with a nonprofit in Los Angeles, we'll try to recruit uh, Googlers that are based in the, the Los Angeles um, area. But I will say, you know, during COVID, a lot of that has, has changed and become a lot more fluid, right? Because everything is, is happening virtually now. And so um, that certainly, uh, I think, opened up a lot of opportunities for folks as well, just being able to, you know, not be constrained to their local market, for example, and, and being able to, to work uh, with nonprofits in a global capacity. One project that I'm pretty proud of in particular is the work that Googlers have done with the Trevor Project. That's uh, actually been an ongoing project uh, relationship that, that we've had with the Trevor Project over um, the past several years and have had Googlers at very stage, various stages in their career pop in and work with Trevor um, in, in various capacities using, in most cases, their engineering expertise. To and using AI to help accelerate the work that the Trevor Project is doing.
0: The Trevor Project is really having, it's becoming really, really high profile now.
1: They provide support to the LGBTQ community through a national, a U.S. national 24-hour hotline um, that individuals can call at any moment to get free, confidential, life-saving, honestly, support. The, the support that the Trevor Project provides is just critical and and really, again, is life-saving in a lot of ways. And so being able to have Googlers lend their time and expertise uh, in a way that can further accelerate the work that, that Trevor is doing, help them automate their systems um, in more meaningful ways is really powerful. And I'd say even on the scaled side of things, so we've, in 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 my world, we've worked with um, the Trevor Project for, for Googlers that, let's say, don't have the the opportunity to spend three to six months working full time with the Trevor Project. We offer, you know, short term engagements where Googlers can sign up for a, uh, a crisis counselor shift, for example, and they can, um, you know, volunteer maybe one time or maybe someone that has, you know, more time can do it on an ongoing basis for a few weeks. Um, but really providing sort of that range of of scale and support to organizations uh, is something that I think we do best and and being able to work with our Googlers across the board, depending on, again, their expertise and, and the time that they have to find the opportunity that's the most meaningful uh, for them.
0: So Google has how many hundreds of thousands of employees now?
1: We are almost at 150,000 employees.
0: And in how many countries? Do you know that number?
1: Over 90 countries.
0: I am sure that So many of your colleagues want to get engaged, whether it's, you know, once a week, once a month, six months or such. A lot of our listeners are are large companies from large companies. And they're going like, "Okay, I want to know the secret sauce from Google. So Megan, we're going to put you on the hot spot <laughs> and works. just say, okay, scaling, we're always talking about scaling. So how do you get your colleagues involved? You know, what's involved in the scaling of these initiatives?
1: I mentioned Google serve is, is one of the campaigns that, that I oversee and run. Um, and it's really our largest, uh, employee giving initiative. Um, it's a month long campaign that, typically in pre-pandemic times, engages over 25,000 uh, employees during the month of, of June. Uh, this year marks our, our 13th annual campaign, which admittedly looks a lot different this year than in previous years. Um, it's running, running almost completely virtually for this month and into July. And Googlers are, are encouraged to volunteer with an organization now with, with the hope that, you know, again, it'll springboard into an ongoing sort of sentiment of service and that Googlers volunteer even beyond the campaign, you know, that just takes place during a month or two. And right now, you know, the ways that Googlers are, are participating and volunteering, they've gotten so creative over the past two years in this remote sort of world that we're living in, um, you know, from providing Mentoring to SMBs and job seekers, uh, to helping students and and teachers who were in in need of you know distance learning support and and tools, um, even doing things recently like making phone calls to confirm folks COVID nineteen vaccine appointments. Um, it's been a really great way for for Googlers to give back. And in terms of the scale and how do we do it? How do we scale it? So I mentioned earlier that one of the ways that I first got involved with this work at Google was in what we call a 20% capacity. So that's where Googlers can effectively spend 20% of their work time working on projects outside of their core role. Uh, So Google's Gmail project was actually an idea that two engineers worked on in a 20% capacity. So just sharing that as an example, it's, you know, it's a really great way for employees to work on things that they're really passionate about outside of their day job. And it would be it would be impossible for me to run giving and volunteering programs for Googlers, 150,000 Googlers as, as just one person. So I luckily have uh, an army of about 150, 20 percenters who dedicate their time to support and run our campaigns on the ground in their local office. So that also provides an opportunity for different offices and different teams to participate in our programs in a way that resonates most with them. You know, what volunteering looks like in London might look different than volunteers engaging in Singapore, for example. And so, you know, I provide the global infrastructure that these folks can plug into and then they can take take that and, and get creative and, and really, you know, run things in a way, again, that that the Googlers in their local market will really respond to and, and therefore want to get in, involved with.
0: Yeah, very customized, very local. So you allow the markets and the individuals to really pick local not-for-profits that interest them. Absolutely. And so that really, it feeds into their passion. Mm-hmm. Um how many people full-time do you have on your team? Just curious.
1: It's just me. <laughs>
0: it's just you. Okay, so the 20% is interesting because I haven't heard of that before. I've heard it 3M. So 3M has, I think it's 15% of people's times they are expected to work on innovative ideas. So do you know when the 20% of time outside your core, when that was instituted? I'm just curious about that.
1: Gosh, it. I think it goes back pretty early on. Um, it was a part of... The company's um, kind of culture, really, and uh, like I mentioned, so Google's Gmail project um, at the time, you know, at least the story as I've heard it is that you know two engineers had this really great idea to create an email server, and at the time, you know, Google was just we were a search company and didn't think that you know email having an email product made a lot of sense, but those two engineers, their managers. Said, "Hey, if you want to go and build this, you know, as a twenty percent project, so you can imagine Fridays, for example, all day Friday would be spent, you know, building out this other side project. Um, and out of that opportunity, Gmail was was born. And you know, Gmail is obviously one of our most beloved product products you know,
0: <laughs> right now. And so
1: yes. it really has been a, a part of the company's culture um, for as long as I can remember. And I think is a great way for." Um, for employees, just to get to work on again, like what they're passionate about, and and find purpose in in something that might not be at all connected to their day job,
0: and it really keeps people engaged and it keeps them creative and energized. You also do have some focus areas. I know that you've got the challenges that you run.
1: Yeah, are you, and just to just to clarify, you're referring to our the global impact challenge. So it's um, a, a really unique opportunity for us to actually get the public involved in um, helping to direct some of our grant funding. In most instances, we'll say, "Okay, let's take the Bay Area. We're going to open an open call for funding and encourage you know anyone to submit an idea that they have for funding. Um, it could be an existing nonprofit that wants to build and scale out you know the work that they're doing, or it could be you know, an organization that doesn't yet exist and someone that has a great idea for, gosh, if I could get X amount of funding for this, I could really, you know, solve a, a big challenging issue. That is sort of the structure of how our, our impact challenge works. We crowdsource, um, have an open call for for funding, for applications, and then oftentimes receive hundreds of thousands of applications. And have a very, you know, intense process of reviewing applications and, um, narrow it down ultimately to 10 to 20 or so finalists. We bring in a panel of, of local experts and judges that ultimately help make, uh, the final reviews. We open it up to public as well. So, so the public can vote on, on their favorite ideas. And it's, it's a really, I think, unique way for us to distribute, um, our funding. And um, we actually just announced, uh, you might know this, Carol, but we we just announced our most recent global impact challenge, our women and girls challenge, which is global. So it is not tied to one specific local market. And we're essentially committing $25 million to fund organizations that are creating pathways for women and girls. It's an open call again for applications and the uh, finalists the organizations that are selected will receive up to $2 million uh, in funding and will continue to pr- provide some of this additional support, you know, like the things that we focus on on my team, adding Googlers, for example, to lend their time and skills to these organizations to help them, you know, really leverage the funding in the best way possible.
0: So um, how do you pick? I mean, you know, for the, for the most current one, you probably had, you know, thousands of great ideas. How do you pick them?
1: We just finished reviewing some of the early applications and um I was actually fortunate enough to to work with my colleagues on reviewing a subset of, of the applications and um like you said it's there are there are hundreds of thousands and and so many amazing uh unique ideas really. Um and so we go through several stages of application review. So starting out with, you know, folks on my team with other, you know, nonprofit experts and and panels that are also reviewing the applications and, you know, try to have as much of a data-driven approach as possible and really looking for the applications that call out specifically, you know, like what the, the tangible impact that they're funding will then allow them to do or to scale as an organization. And so um, we use that lens to really ultimately narrow it down before we open it up to uh, the public and others to to share their input with us.
0: Do you have a a policy of XX paid time off for volunteering? Do you have that as well to the 20%?
1: We do. Yeah. So the 20% project is separate. um, And that's something that, you know, Googlers would have to work with their manager to figure out if it makes sense, if they're allowed. But uh, every single Googler gets 20 hours of paid work time to volunteer during the workday. So uh, again, they can split that up in in any sort of way that they want. And, And Googlers are encouraged to volunteer, by the way, beyond those 20 hours. But that 20 hours can actually be spent as, you know, Paid work time to go and volunteer with nonprofits.
0: I know you've got an employee match. We do. For giving. Yes. What's your What's your match amount?
1: Our match amount. Uh, we recently raised it. Actually, at, at the start of the pandemic, we increased um, every Googler's matching limit from seventy five hundred US dollars per person to ten thousand per employee.
0: That's That's way up there. Yeah. Because I know I I know the guys at, at um, Microsoft. I think they're not fifteen thousand, but I think the fact that you Raised it from seventy five is is very generous too, and uh, to ten thousand even better. So so let's do a pivot. Let's talk about the pandemic, because um, obviously uh, you had a major role to play around the around the world with a lot of information and you know quick updates as well. You were very 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 generous in terms of your COVID support.
1: Unfortunately, they're really from my perspective we're sort of two moments where we really had to activate and, and respond quickly, frankly, and engage our, our Googlers in, in meaningful ways. One was, um, you know, at the start of the pandemic last year, but then more recently, you know, a few months ago, we really had to respond really quickly again to everything that was happening in India and, and figure out again, ways that Google.org obviously is providing funding and, and, giving relief to communities that need it most, but how do we, as a Googler engagement team, how do we effectively bring our Googlers alongside that in a meaningful way? You know, one thing that we saw at the very beginning of of the pandemic was just Googlers, I think across the board, having this overwhelming sense of like, I want to help, how can I help? And people struggling with, you know, individually trying to sort of wrap their minds around what the pandemic means for them as individuals and and how that's sort of changing their day-to-day and, and their routines. But then also recognizing that we're so fortunate as Google employees in so many ways. And so wanting to to really, you know, use that uh to to give back and and really help the communities that we're needing it most. And so at the start of COVID, we we launched an internal site uh, to provide recommendations for Googlers who are looking for ways to help the community. So Google.org committed 10.5 million through public matching campaigns, specifically with the WHO, uh, through the UN Foundation, and the Center for Disaster Philanthropy. And we also, you know, created internal giving campaigns for those organizations as well to encourage Googlers to donate their personal dollars. And get those personal dollars matched uh, by the company. There, um, I mentioned that you know we increased our gift our gift match limit to just really help encourage sort of and, and foster the sense of generosity amongst Googlers. And actually, one, one project that I'm particularly proud of that I got to work on at, really at the beginning of, of COVID last year. In the US, we launched a campaign with nonprofit Give Directly. Uh, give Directly is a nonprofit that distributes cash transfers to individuals and families around the world. Um, and there's been a lot of, of research that shows that direct cash transfers are the mo- one of the most effective ways to give uh, relief. And we basically cre- we created a campaign, we localized it in, in 13 different US cities and called on Googlers in each of those offices to help us raise funds in addition to uh, the, the grant funding that we were, we were providing. Give Directly also opened up those campaigns to the public for folks that wanted to, to donate as well. And collectively, we helped raise over $20 million. So that supported uh, over 20,000 families in the US that really needed it most.
0: You also used your resources. And I think it's really important for our listeners. It's not just cash. And it's and, you know, you had two hundred and fifty million dollars in ad grants um, to connect people. And I love this to accurate vaccine information because and, and I'm, I'm glad to see that you are um, supporting accuracy information, um, where the tech business has been actually given some black marks about accuracy and information. The other thing I love that you did is you donated $250 in grants to fund pop-up vaccination sites in Black, Latino, and rural communities, which is absolutely critical. And it's not actually your core. I'm just curious about where that came from.
1: I mean, that's one of the things that I think makes google.org really unique is that we really think that we're at our best when we can bring together all of the elements that google special so that's our our money our products and our people and so we oftentimes especially in in moments of crisis we will partner with with other teams to work on initiatives that we think are are really critical and so uh, a few of my colleagues on google.org work really closely with Google's health and science teams on um, a lot of these efforts, particularly related to to vaccines, and and actually that's another it's yet another example of, of something that I'm I'm proud of for bringing Googlers alongside um, our vaccine work. You know, we're always sort of looking like what's that? What's the unique angle? How can we get Googlers involved in this as well? And we created a uh, an internal giving campaign. Um, we worked with our nonprofit partner Gavi uh, and both. Gavi, they're the vaccine alliance that's doing, a. They're, they're in the forefront of leading a lot of the vaccine distribution around the world. Both Gavi and and Google.org committed to matching donations that Googlers made. Um, within just a few weeks, we collectively raised $10 million, which helped fully vaccinate 1 million people in low and middle income countries in places where, you know, the access to vaccine distribution is really tough. So I think just another example, just to sharing how like, Holistically, I think we're we're really trying to look for the ways that Google is really uniquely poised to help the communities that need it the most.
0: Truly, you know, walking the talk in terms of its social contract. Talk a little a little bit about India, you know, when the virus just absolutely flared up there. You did a lot.
1: I, I think from a personal a personal perspective, I felt, you know, so much conflict because, you know, on one hand, I think. I had just gotten, I think, my first, my first COVID vaccine, um, and was starting to feel, you know, a little sense of a, a relief, thinking like, okay, we've maybe we're turning a corner on 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 this pandemic. And yet, there's just so much devastation that's still happening, and and seeing the spikes in in India and in Latin America as well was, was truly heartbreaking. And so we did we announced in April additional grants. Uh, in India, supporting local communities there in a total of eighteen million dollars, um, and and a lot of that was really focused on expanding the reach of of public health information and just supporting the ongoing relief work there. Um, but again, another key piece of that was our Googlers and. We have several large offices in India and so many Googlers who both in India and, you know, across the world were just heartbroken and really looking for ways to help. And so we launched a giving campaign. And um, I just I mean, I feel like if there's any one key takeaway from from this conversation, it should be that Googlers are so generous. Um, and, you know, within a few weeks, we had raised over $5 million for those communities in, in India. And again, that's not our grant funding, that's Google or personal donations and then our, our company's gift match. And again, it really serves as an outlet for people who are otherwise feeling helpless, like I want to help, I don't know what I can do, I'm experiencing the pandemic too, how can I help? And so providing those easy, tangible ways to give back that are are incredibly powerful for the communities that need it most.
0: Why do you think, I'm just curious about, you know, the tech industry gets this bad rap. You know, you've got these young masters of the universe they are all engineers, you know, they want to, like, make all this money young and then retire and do something else. That doesn't sound like Googlers at all. And and I'm just curious in terms of there seems to be this incredible ethos in terms of the people you're recruiting.
1: Yeah, I think I'm really fortunate. I get to work with, like I said, some of the most uh, inspiring and, and truly generous people all around the world. Um, whether that's through, you know, our 20 percenters who are helping to run a lot of these programs or just, you know, the Googlers that are are giving back with their time and and their dollars. And from my perspective, you know, Google from really early on sort of fostered a culture of of giving back. And frankly, a lot of these programs that I run now were started as grassroots efforts when the company was a lot smaller than it is now. Um, so, you know, our Google serve campaign, for example, was started by my friend and former colleague, Seth Marvin, back when there were only a few thousand Googlers in the Bay Area. And at the time, it was just organized as a single day of service. And again, it was extremely grassroots. But as the company has grown and evolved over time, we've sort of kept the sentiments of a lot of these campaigns. We've obviously streamlined them and made them easier for folks to, to engage at a, at a scalable way. But I think a lot of these, um, a lot of the culture of, of giving back and volunteering was really deeply embedded in, in Google's culture from the get-go. Uh, and I'm really proud of the way that that we've continued to, to really maintain and foster a sense of, of community and giving back Now that our company is, you know, almost 150,000 people. It's incredible.
0: It it is incredible. Let's talk about another area that you seem to instantly respond to and scale, and that's racial justice.
1: Yeah, last year was a, I think, challenging year for folks in in more ways than one. Um, And I think what happened last year with George Floyd's murder and specifically, you know, the violence against the Black community is certainly not something new and and not something that was new for, uh, our black colleagues, um, as well. But I think a moment in time last year that forced everyone collectively to reckon with, frankly, the, the ongoing structures of systemic racism and figure out ways to, to respond and to do better. And, um, again, you know, just, Speaking to the generosity of of Googlers and the the incredible work that we were able to do, just rallying folks who were looking for ways to help. We actually ran our largest internal giving campaign ever. That's both by number of people who participated and also the the total dollars raised. We raised over twelve million dollars to support the black community. Um, and saw them the most ever contributors to a single a single giving opportunity. And so I think again it just it um, it speaks both to to the generosity of Googlers but also to the moment in time and to what an important sort of reckoning and acknowledgement it was for folks around the company and frankly around the world.
0: You know, you're doing so many campaigns and initiatives and opportunities from the twenty percent to the matching to all sorts of things employees can do. How does the word get out? Is it just a constant flow of information or do you have some secrets to your communications vehicles? Because we know, I, I think that you've got a culture that, you know, this is a fertile culture, got it. But I think a lot of companies are going, yeah, we're doing a lot, but it's hard hard to get out and get our messages. You know, the the sales messages are more important than the product messages. How do you do it?
1: Probably one of the most tactical pieces for Our work and and frankly, for any type of of scalable employee giving and and volunteering initiatives is through internal communications, you know, especially with working remotely, you know, the main way to encourage people to get involved now is, I mean, the only way really to encourage people to get involved or to spread the word is um, through internal messaging channels. And we're really lucky that, you know, one, our leadership really values giving back and allows Google.org to do things like send a company-wide message, encourage folks to get involved with our campaigns or with these critical moments. Um, I mean, you, you said earlier, and you can imagine how many emails Google employees get every single day. And so the fact that you know we're able to take up one little piece of that, that real estate it means we have to also get really creative with how we're doing it and, and make sure that our messaging comes across in um, a thoughtful and a meaningful way that it doesn't feel like just another email and that it's not spam. Um, and so we, we do, we have a pretty robust and localized comms plan for all of our global campaigns and, and typically do so for crisis response and disaster relief as well. But it, it really does, Become important to structure those comms in a meaningful way, and once we send out our global messages, we can then lean on again that network of twenty percenters.
0: Wow, twenty percenters! I want to have them. Yeah,
1: no, they are—they're amazing, and and they then can take those global messages and cascade them out to.
0: And they have their networks. Exactly. Sure. So I'm going to really put you on the spot. What are the couple ways that you that you either put a subject line in um, that breaks through with the hundreds and hundreds of emails that your colleagues get daily?
1: Being as short and direct as possible, I think we have seen a lot of um, success with that. But I also think um, just being just candidly speaking, you know, the the email sender also has um, uh, holds a lot of power. And so we're really lucky that we've had uh, our CEO Sundar send out a couple of, you know, these messages uh, announcing our global campaigns or, you know, sharing ways that Googlers can get involved. And um, I think, you know, pretty likely that when you get in, when you see an email in your inbox from, from or <laughs>
0: the CEO, from, yeah, yeah.
1: Or from other, you know, senior, senior leaders that you, you know, and look up to and respect, I think that um, is a really good Way to encourage folks to get involved, and frankly, you know, setting the example too. This stuff is important to our leadership, um, and so I think that, that that the sender, I'd say, almost has a little bit more weight.
0: Okay, power. Okay, in, a, in a yeah. line. Yep. What was a big mishit that you had?
1: Honestly, I think what we experienced last year with our virtual volunteering i I just i was not prepared for and i i don't think i think a lot of folks in the industry um were not adequately prepared for the challenges that would arise with virtual volunteering um you know it's it's pretty easy to spin up a giving campaign and and giving money is it's transactional and virtual by nature so nothing really changed um Last year, as it related to our, our giving campaigns, but um, you know, it's it's fairly easy to you know organize a group of a hundred Googlers even to go out and and do a beach cleanup or you know paint at a school or things like that or even provide career fairs at scale. You know, we have the tools and the resources at our fingertips to be able to scale out in person volunteering in really impactful and meaningful ways, and it just did not translate uh, in a virtual setting. Way and I think the other the other challenge that we ran into is just the fact that nonprofits at the start of the pandemic at least weren't evil even really in a place where they could absorb a lot of volunteers and so, you know we had a lot of Googlers that were like I I want to do this I want to volunteer. But there wasn't necessarily the capacity on the organization side to absorb them. And so I think, you know, really pivoting a lot of our volunteering campaigns to to virtual and, you know, encouraging Googlers to to get involved in ways that they could. I think that was something that I certainly wasn't prepared for. Um, But I will say... I'm proud of the way that we sort of learned from it. And and this year we've been able to, you know, it's still challenging. We're still not seeing the same numbers that we would if we were, you know, volunteering in person, let's say, but we really have um, been able to scale up some of our virtual volunteering offerings. And now we have teams that can virtually volunteer together. And we were able to learn from a lot of that as well. But um, it was it was really challenging, especially just given the fact that so many folks really, really wanted to, to help and volunteer their time. But it was just really hard to to facilitate that type of volunteering. Yeah.
0: So make our, our listeners jealous. In a, in a non-pandemic year, how many hours do your colleagues put in to volunteer?
1: Over 300,000. I think um, and I think in 2019 it was just under 400,000 hours of of volunteering. And actually, I will say the one interesting thing about last year, we saw a very a, a number of unique volunteers went down drastically and was not you know what we typically see in a, a given year in terms of the number of Googlers who participated. I think we had a, around 8,000 Googlers volunteer their time last year in 2020. But those 8,000 Googlers volunteered, they volunteered over 200,000 hours. So we didn't, we didn't really see a, as much of a drop off in the hours that folks were contributing, you know, which was surprising given we had fewer folks that were volunteering. So I will say, even though last year was challenging in a lot of ways, Googlers still managed to show up and, and show up for their community in a big way.
0: Those are your super volunteers. Exactly. You get a lot of emails, I'm sure, from your colleagues who are so excited, whether it's a six month or, or 20% or whatever. What's one of one or two that you got that just blew you away?
1: I think the stories that I really love hearing uh, about the folks that, that get involved in our work or that are interested in getting involved in our work are really about the connections that Googlers make with each other. So I think one of my favorite stories, a couple of years ago, someone forwarded me an email saying that they met their new manager at a Google Surf project. And so they had signed up for a, a Google Surf project um, with a bunch of of Googlers from across the company working in various departments and teams. Um, and this particular person was in the middle of of looking for a new role at the company and you know really wanted to try something completely different and had just started their job search, is volunteering alongside Googlers from across the company and and meets uh, a manager who has an open role on their team is is hiring for folks, this Googler ended up interviewing and ultimately getting the job. And that first connection started from one of our Google serve projects. And so I think uh, I loved that story. I loved getting that email and just another example of how the work that we're doing goes beyond the impact in the communities and, and really um, touches upon that, that connectiveness and, and the culture uh, of, of community that I think is is felt by so many Googlers.
0: So, so what's next, if you can share with us for you when we're coming out of the pandemic, we're going into the new normal. So can you share any of your plans with our
1: listeners? I will say we are, um, we're really excited to, to gear up for our annual holiday giving campaign. Um, That is our uh, moment where we encourage Googlers to give back in a a global way. And we actually um, provide every Googler with a, a credit that they can use Google's money to direct towards any cause or organization that they care about. And then they're encouraged to keep giving. And during this campaign, their donations are not only matched by Google, but they're also matched by peers who raise their hand to say, you know what, I personally love this organization. I'm personally going to match your donation, creating three times the impact. So that's actually one of my, I think that is probably my favorite time of the year to be a Googler. I just, I love seeing, I love hearing the personal stories and the connections. And um, so I'm really excited to get involved and in, in launch that, that campaign in the coming months. But I think the other thing that um, I'm really looking forward to we have a we offer a team volunteering program where teams can essentially request a a volunteering opportunity for their team in lieu of a traditional team building opportunity if you will and i am anticipating that as we all, you know, or as a lot of us, I should say, you know, return to office and, and start being able to do things in person, I think that we're going to see a, a real uptick in, in a lot of those team requests and folks really wanting to, to volunteer with each other in, in person, not across the computer screen. And um, so I'm excited to, to be able to spin that program back up again and, and get folks out in their communities volunteering together.
0: So, so it sounds like instead of the Christmas party, that it's going to be the volunteering outing
1: absolutely. and it'll
0: make people have fun together, but they're also going to leave with some great psychic energy and, and, a, and a very full heart. So, so that's great. I know the not-for-profits who are listening to this would absolutely kick me in the shins if I didn't say, because you support you know, thousands of not-for-profits, how do they get on your radar so they might be a preferred Googler engaged not-for-profit?
1: It's a great question. And I think one of the benefits that comes from Google being such a giant company and, uh, you know, having a footprint all around the world in various offices, it's probably likely that, you know, someone or a friend of a friend who knows a Googler. And I think really the best way is to leverage that like peer to peer context. I mean, you've heard how powerful our our 20 percenters are and and all of the ideas that have come from grassroots Googler efforts. And so I think, you know, really leveraging personal connections and and folks that you know who work at the company to figure out if there's an opportunity and and how we might be able to help that particular organization.
0: So Megan Wheeler, I I think that, you know, global project manager, google.org, I think you need a bigger title, like global engagement evangelist, or chief of chief evangelist officer. How do you like that? It gives you a CEO <laughs> title. Okay. You can borrow You can borrow that one day. Um, so thank you so much, Megan. It's been a wonderful, wonderful conversation filled with so many insights. I think everyone listening is going to be as jealous as heck because of you were smart in your career. You just pivoted when you were young. You, you, you know hanged in there when you know you joined as you know not the job you wanted but you got the job that you want and love and you're doing a great job um listeners if you like the show please go to where you listen to your podcast, and please give us some stars so that more people will listen to this show and we're also looking for feedback and for other organizations and individuals to interview so please let us know Thank you so much, Megan Wheeler. This has been a wonderful conversation.
1: Thank you, Carol. I really appreciate you inviting me here. And um, I'm really excited for all of your listeners uh, to join in
0: and they can reach you should they do it via LinkedIn because now I'm going to send you thousands and hundreds. Yes, LinkedIn?
1: Absolutely. Please reach out to me on LinkedIn.
0: There you go. Okay, great. Well, thanks for your time. It has been great. And and now every single time, every single day that I use Google in so many ways, I will always think of you and the great, great work the company is doing. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Carol. Appreciate it.
0: And then the most important thing for anyone listening, is please, please, please have a great answer to the question, how do you power your purpose?